right, fasten your seatbelts. I'm going to try to move fast here. Uh, but I feel like this is kind of important as well. So one of our founding principles was that we wanted to be known by what we stand for primarily rather than what we stand against. But we, st we stand for the full restoration of our people. And because of that, we stand against dark forces that work against our restoration. There's a kingdom destiny and plan and purpose for each one of you. That's what we're for, helping you to connect with that and be freed from everything that inhibits or limits that in any way. And since I tend to be a prophetic forerunner of sorts of what the Lord is getting ready to do in our body, I've been seeing a picture emerge when it comes to healing. In the kingdom of heaven, there's a principle of the first. And it relates to the first mentioned and the firstborn, among others. So the first time something is mentioned in scripture is considered very important and contains foundational truth on the subject. The firstborn or first created of a species is very important and encapsulates the DNA of the species. Adam encapsulated all the DNA of the race of Adam. Everything came out of him. And so the firstborn or the first created is significant. In Job chapter 1 and verse 6, it says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. Some Bible scholars believe that this group, the sons of God... In the Hebrew, the B'nai Elohim were actually a gathering of the heads of the different species of angelic beings that God had created. And Lucifer, being one of those, was entitled to be at the meeting. In any event, he showed up. And the Lord gave him access among the sons of God. In any event, that which is born or created first is given greater responsibility and authority for that which comes after. There was the whole thing about the firstborn in the families of Israel. Jesus broke that, that pattern for us. He was the firstborn. But in the kingdom, there's a pattern of the second man. So you see that with Esau and Jacob. You see that with, with uh, Ishmael and Isaac. That the firstborn was, not the, was passed over many times because in those cases, there was a, uh, a prophetic picture of the first man, Adam, 
losing the inheritance, and the second man who is born in Christ receiving the inheritance. And that's where we come in. Your firstborn has to die, and the secondborn, which is you being born again, receives the inheritance. In order for Israel to escape from Egypt, the firstborn had to die, which is a picture of Jesus, our firstborn sacrificed for us. But it's also a picture of us entering into that by entering into a death to the firstborn in us, the man of flesh, and the man of spirit being born. In the, in the Hebrew culture, there are two calendars. There's a civic calendar and a religious calendar. The civic calendar is like a picture of, uh, and it, they trace it supposedly back to creation. But there's a religious calendar that began when they left Egypt. And it's a picture of your life. There's two calendars in your life if you're born again. The first calendar began when you were born from your mother. And the second calendar began when you were born again. Anyone know who your mother is spiritually? It's the church. I can show you that in scripture, but I don't have time to go down that right now. But the church gave birth to you spiritually. The church with its intercessors, with its prayer warriors, with those who are before the throne of God on your behalf, gave birth to you spiritually. So none of that was in our minds when we were obedient to the Lord and keeping the fire on the altar lit during 2020. We were just being obedient. But I kept seeing this fire. And I knew that if we closed, the fire would go out. And it was such a deep conviction on my life, I knew this was something I'd be willing to give my life for. I couldn't explain it necessarily, except I knew that it represented more than our church. It represented the region. But it's become increasingly clear that we've been given a certain stewardship of the spiritual atmosphere over the region. And therefore, we've been moved to exercise a dominion over principalities and powers in our region. And one of those that has too much power and authority here is witchcraft. And I think today, the day before Halloween, is a really good time to address that. Because witchcraft has had too much of a hold on our nation and of our region and of our community. And it's time for that thing to be torn down. It's time for that thing to be displaced. Ephesians chapter 3, if you want to turn there, beginning in verse 8, says this. Paul's writing, he says, To me who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in heavenly places. 
It's our job to inform principalities and powers about who's in charge. According to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with faith, with confidence through faith in him. So sometimes, when I make strong declarations against dark powers, I'm actually leading us as an army, or the ecclesia, the Greek word that Jesus uses for the church, in direct conflict against principalities and powers. The forces that have ruled the spiritual atmosphere in our region long enough. The implication of the word ecclesia is, it's a public gathering of the sons of God. Remember, there's male and female sons, so you women are a part of that. Who in their gathering exercise governmental authority on behalf of the kingdom of heaven that is now invading the earth. And it's the New Testament equivalent of the leaders of the city gathering at the gates of the city to conduct the governmental business of the city-state or occupying the gates. In, in, in the Old Covenant, cities were kingdoms. So that's why I called it a city-state. And every significant city would have its own king, was set up as a kingdom, and the business of the city was conducted in the gates of the city. There was an area between the outer and the inner gates where they would gather and they would conduct the business of the city. And the important decisions were made in the gates that, that governed the life of the city. And they would decide who's allowed to come in and who's not allowed to come in. They, they occupied the gates of the city. So it's kind of interesting to me that a year before 2020, the Lord began speaking to me about occupying the gates. So all of this ties together. So when we meet together, it's a very important and powerful time. It also explains why our worship team gets targeted. They're often the point of the spear, piercing the darkness that the enemy forces are trying to cover the region with. Let's keep them covered. We can't do what we do without them. That being said, the battles that they go through to do what they do is so important to their own spiritual development and training. There are people who come into a religious community and say, oh, how can you handle the oppression here? It's so dark and it's so oppressed. And I'm like, really? But see, we, we grew up in it and we developed our spiritual muscle from the inside out of the culture. And so we've had to fight against things that no longer have dominion over us. It's kind of like going to the gym. You know, every piece of equipment is resistance training to develop your muscle. And that's how the, these demons and, and spiritual forces are. They're actually equipment in God's gym to train us and to help us to grow strong and and 
empowered to bring them down. So, for this area especially, staying clean from all forms of witchcraft influence is so important. And for me, it's not just a choice of doing what's morally right because of who we serve. It is that because dabbling with witchcraft powers is treasonous as a servant of Jesus. Let me say that again. Dabbling in witchcraft powers is treasonous as a servant of Jesus because it's consorting with the, with the arch enemy of Jesus. And it positions us as a fifth column in a military conflict. So there was a general several hundred years ago who was planning an invasion of a major city uh, over in, in, uh, in Europe or Asia somewhere. And someone asked him what his strategy was. And he said, I have four columns marching on the city from four different directions. But I'm going to take the city with the fifth column. And then he was asked, well, where's the fifth column? He said, it's already inside the city. So the enemy that was going to overtake the city already had infiltrated and was on the inside. The easiest way for the enemy to overpower us is to infiltrate us and have forces inside of us. And when we compromise with witchcraft, the enemy already has a fifth column inside of us. I don't watch Harry Potter. I don't dabble in divination. Psychic activity, astrology, water witching, pendulums, Ouija boards, psychic hotlines, or any of those things. I don't go to medicine men, New Age healers, people who practice counterfeit forms of healing, etc., for the same reason. And furthermore, I've gone through extensive repentance on behalf of myself and my ancestors and cleansing of my bloodline for the same reason. I didn't need to do all of that to go to heaven. Please hear me. I didn't need to go through all of that to go to heaven. I needed to do that to fulfill my assignment on earth. And, and, and there, there's a pastor in Africa who used to be a major regional warlock for the enemy. And his assignment was to kill revival wherever it broke out. These, these guys are very organized. He was, he was the head of a region, and his assignment was to kill revival. And how he did it was whenever a revival broke out, he would identify who was leading the revival, and he would research his bloodline until he found a vulnerability in the bloodline, and he would use that vulnerability to target and destroy the leader, and he would use that to kill the revival. So these things are real, and the enemy 
is not shy about employing these things. That's why I've done what I've done and will continue to do anything further that the Lord directs me to do to bring myself to a place where I don't have vulnerabilities for the enemy to do because I know that we're called to be a catalyst for major regional revival. The healing I experienced from arthritis this spring has opened my eyes to some things. And for those of you who don't know the story, I'll tell it to you real quick. But five or six years ago, whatever it was, I was in Peru, and I was clearly instructed by the Lord to confront witchcraft in an inner-city church that we were visiting that Sunday morning. And uh, it was, and you know, it wasn't something I, I volunteered for. It was something I was commissioned to do. And not that I had any issue with it. Um, I was set free from witchcraft myself, which I grew up with, and it had a very powerful hold on my life. And so, that's one of the one of the things that I deal with is witchcraft because I know how destructive it is. It, it almost killed me growing up. And, uh, and that's what it really wants to do. And so I went and confronted witchcraft in this church. The power of God came in, in the place. A lot of people were set free, including the pastor of the church. And, uh, but not too long after that, I began battling with arthritis. Pain in my joints. It got progressively worse. Had a lot of people pray for it. Um... Uh, Todd White had a word of knowledge about it. He prayed for me, and I didn't get healed. And I'm like, what is going on with this arthritis? And so uh, this past February, I think it was, we were down in Peru. We did a, uh, a one-week training, Holy Spirit training for Peruvian pastors and leaders from the Three Frontiers region. And, uh, and I, was, I was to preach at the evening services and the first night, I had asked the Lord, what do you want me to preach? And he said, I want you to confront witchcraft. You know, in that culture, people have, there's a lot of shamans, which is the South American version of a witch doctor, uh, which in the culture I grew up with would be the healers, you know, the, the brajas, which is kind of interesting because it connects to bruja, which is witchcraft in Spanish. Um, and so I confronted witchcraft. A lot of people repented that first night. The second day, I asked the Lord, what do you want me to preach? And he said, I want you to hit it again. Okay. So the second night, a lot of pastors repented and made commitments that they were no longer going to tolerate it in their churches. And I told them, you cannot tolerate witchcraft on the one hand and pray for revival on the other because those two spirits are diametrically opposed to each other. And, and they, they work against, they war against each other, and you're not going to have revival breaking out in your church as long as you tolerate witchcraft. And so they made a commitment to it. And something broke and shifted in the atmosphere. And we all felt it. And when I got on the plane to come home, my arthritis left me. And, and, and I've been... I've been uh, I've been figuring out that it wasn't the healing that I needed. It was I had been targeted by that witchcraft spirit ever since I first, corrupt, uh, first confronted it. 
Now, now first of all, I need, I need to let you know, there's nowhere in Scripture that says if you're on the front lines of battle, you're not going to take a hit sometimes. If you're afraid to take a hit for the Lord, you, you better pack up and go home now. Okay? Uh, it does say that we can quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. But it doesn't say that one's never going to hit you. I'm, you know, uh, the Lord will help us resolve every one of them. But, you know, there's, there's, if you're called to go to the front lines and you respond to that call, you know, you're going to take some hits sometimes, and hopefully that only makes you more resolved than you were before to destroy the enemy who took a hit, put a hit on you. Amen? This isn't for wimps. This is for warriors. And, uh, and so, but I've been unpacking that ever since. And, uh, and I've been made aware of witchcraft assignments against this church body to block us from being able to enter into the healing breakthroughs that we're fighting for. And I guess I was kind of naive in the first place to think that we could do what we're doing here without being targeted by the enemy. <laughs> you know, the enemy doesn't take those kinds of things lightly. Uh, but the witchcraft is working to bring depression, to rob us of our faith, and to afflict us with things that are contrary to what we're fighting for. If he can destroy people's faith, well, you've been praying for this healing all this time, and it's not happening. You know, and then depression, and then discouragement, all that stuff sets in. And that's the tactic of the enemy to keep us from being able to break through into the realm that we're being invited to. The enemy is trying his best to cause us to isolate because he knows he can beat us up fairly easily when we're isolated from the rest of the body. You don't want to be a lone soldier in enemy territory. I'm pretty committed to not allowing any of that to continue in this church body. Amen? And I would like to ask... For those who want things broken off of your lives and your families to come to this altar and be willing to repent for any witchcraft or divination in your lives, your families, and your ancestry. Daniel said, I and my fathers have sinned. He wasn't just repenting on his own behalf. He was repenting on behalf of those who had gone before. Okay, and for many of us, uh, there was witchcraft, including Masonic stuff and all kinds of things in our bloodlines. Uh, and, and if you're willing to, I want you to come to the altar right now. Right now. And we're going to make some declarations. And we're going we're gonna to renounce some things, we're going to repent for some things, we're going to cut off some things, and we're going to release us from the enemy having a direct bloodline into our lives that he can use to oppress us, depress us, and keep us sick and infirmed. The fire of God is here today to set us free from our enemies. One of the reasons why I feel like the Lord... called me and uses me in Peru 
is because their culture is so similar to the culture I grew up in when it comes to these things. My grandfather was a medicine man. This is very personal to me. Witchcraft was how we did things in my family. My dad was never comfortable with it, but he didn't know how to combat it, so he was, he was mostly quiet. Let's, uh, let's just stretch our hands out like we're getting something and, and releasing something to the Lord. And I want you all to just enter into this prayer with repentance with me. Father God, today we've come to repent on behalf of ourselves, our families, and our ancestry. We ask you to forgive us, forgive our families, and forgive all of our fathers. For every form of witchcraft and divination, for going to medicine men, or actually in being involved in braha, if you come from an Amish background, you understand what that means. Um, all forms of demonic healing, of hexing, of astrology, of pendulums, of Ouija boards, of water witching, of necromancy, of curses, oaths, demonic claims placed on us by our ancestors, Masonic oaths and covenants, and all allegiance to any dark masters. Lord, please forgive us. We, we renounce every tie to those things. We command every covenant to be broken. We come out of agreement with every dark agreement that our ancestors made. We, we ask you to forgive us and to forgive our mothers and fathers for taking us to the medicine man when we were children. We renounce that in Jesus' name. And we declare that Jesus is our only healer. And we thank you, Jesus, for setting us free. We renounce every form of witchcraft that has ever targeted or, invas or, targeted or invaded this space. And we break every agreement that we ever made with that spirit in Jesus' name. Now we issue an edict against that spirit of witchcraft and divination from every household represented here. And from the region we've been given authority to steward. For the, kingdom of heaven. for the kingdom of heaven. We invite all the healing power that's made available to us by Jesus. And by his finished work on the cross. To be fully released into every life. 
into every family, and in this whole church body, in Jesus' name. We renounce all superstitions, every cultural form of witchcraft, no matter what country that it goes back to. We break ties with it now in Jesus' name. And renounce it to go back to hell where it came from. We invite Holy Spirit life and power to take over every area that has been occupied by the enemy's power. Holy Spirit, we confess that you are God. You are Lord in this place. You're revealing Jesus in all of his power and glory to everyone who enters this place. And we give you authority to administrate all that heaven has for us in this place, in Jesus' name. And now we declare that we freely received and we're freely going to give. And that the freedom that we're entering into, we're willing to give away to everyone who's bound. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.